everybody. The reading this morning is taken from 1 John, chapter 1, um, verse 5 to chapter 2, verse 2. If you would like to follow along in the Pew Bibles, the entire passage is to be found on page 1,225. So that's 1 John chapter 1 from verse 5. And the passage is headed, Walking in the Light. This is the message we have heard from him and declare to you. God is light. In him there is no darkness at all. If we claim to have fellowship with him, yet walk in the darkness, we lie and do not live by the truth. But if we walk in the light, As he is in the light, we have fellowship with one another, and the blood of Jesus, his son, purifies us from all sin. If we claim to be without sin, we deceive ourselves, and the truth is not in us. But if we confess our sins, he is faithful and just and will forgive us our sins and purify us from all unrighteousness. If we claim we have not sinned, we make him out to be a liar and his word has no place in our lives. My dear children, I write this to you so that you will not sin. But if anybody does sin, we have one who speaks to the Father in our defense. Jesus Christ, the righteous one. He is the atoning sacrifice for our sins. And not only for ours but also for the sins of the whole world. May the Lord bless richly this reading of his word. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. And so now Mark is going to come and preach to us. And I'll confess that virtually every Sunday I have a slight heart attack because both morning and evening... Mark does a service in Santa's Fire down the road and inevitably is on his way here. But there's always that slight panic every week as to whether or not he's going to turn up. So I always look at the back of the door there like a dog waiting for his master to arrive. (laughs) But sure enough, he came quite early today. Let's pray for you, Mark. Father God, we give thanks for Mark and we give thanks for the man of God he is. And we give thanks for the word that you've laid upon his heart. And we pray that you would bless us now as we hear your word. Amen. Thank you, Kai. Um, And here's a confession. Every week I try and come a little bit later just to test his (laughs) faith, right, and try and sneak in. Yeah, so uh, 
I'll, I'll maybe try coming in disguise or something in a, <laughs> another week, and then he'll get, be getting really worried. But it's, it's nice to, to be here, it's nice to be with you all, and nice to be with Kai as well, because last week I was here on my own, and it's good. Good to have you with us. And I see that Kai's brought his own chair with him today. I don't know what this is about, but um, uh, the bishop's chair behind obviously wasn't, wasn't enough, but um, that's really good. Um, and the, f- the first word on, on my list here is... Oh, it's me moving that, is it? Sorry. Um, the first word on my list here is chairs, because um, I want to talk a little bit about chairs as we begin. So it's really good that you brought your, your chair, chair with you here. Um, for 50 years, for... as well just chairs and I haven't really uh, thought about any more about them all I never really thought about how they're made how they worked what goes into a chair um, I didn't do anything apart from use them or buy them or sometimes sell them until a few years ago I decided that it was time to reupholster our dining room chairs I don't know if ever you've had that experience and I had to learn lots of YouTube videos about the different types of foam that you can buy. I had no idea there was so much. And how foam was cut and how you have to have it to the right size and shape and what sort to get. What sort of backing material that you need. Uh, How to take chairs to pieces and put them back together again in, in some sort of way. And how all the different bits fit together in a chair. Now, what you're thinking you're thinking why is mark talking about chairs what is it about chairs well today's topic is confession and every week for the past i don't know how many years i've come to this church and we begin with confession and until i was asked to preach on this day i've never really thought much about it i just accepted one of those things that's there a bit like a chair you know you come along we confess stuff to god and he forgives us And that was that, really. But that's our topic for today, confession. And it's part of a series we've been doing on spiritual disciplines. We've done some prayer, we've done service and fasting, and today is confession. What is it? How does it work? It's time, like my dining room chairs, to take them to pieces and to work out exactly how it goes together and what what it's all about. So let's just pray as we look at this passage together. Heavenly Father, we just pray that you will open your words to us this morning. We pray that you will speak to us through your Spirit as we unpack this. Be with us today and challenge us in the name of Jesus, our Saviour. Amen. So we're going to look at that passage you've got in 1 John 1 that we had read earlier. And just four simple words, really simple little words that I want to use as we look at this passage together. The words are see, say, set, and stay. And we're going to unpack that passage with those four things in mind. Keep those in mind. See, say, set, and stay. And that's where we go with this on on confession. Because confession starts with seeing. First word is see. We see ourselves as we really are, as sinners, as people who need a saviour. We see ourselves as we really are and as God sees us. We get a true picture 
of ourselves. That's where we begin with this whole idea of confession. Do we have that true picture of ourselves? And that can be quite scary at times. Um, I remember the first time that I was ever videoed. I remember back, I'm old, so I remember when video was a thing and when it came out. I was in school and there was a challenge to do a job application for an imaginary job with British Gas. And we had to fill in application forms and I was one of three selected for this imaginary interview. And the British Gas managers came to the school and they filmed three of us uh, doing this job interview. Uh, and my first ever job interview, and it was filmed. Uh, and not only that, it was then played back to the whole class to analyse exactly what I said, what I did, and all the mistakes uh, that I made in that job interview. It was scary. And it's never nice, is it, seeing yourself on screen. We do a bit more now, as uh, vicars, particularly with online church, we have to do a fair old bit of this filming ourselves. And I don't mind filming myself I've got used to standing in front of a camera and doing things like that. But I don't like seeing myself on the screen. So uh, if it comes to that bit and we're watching one of those online services and it's me, where's the fast forward button? I don't want to see myself uh, on the screen. <laughs> Thank you, John. Yes, I can do it here now. Yes, it's, it's not good. It's not good, is it, to, to watch ourselves. It can be a shock to see ourselves. But confession starts with seeing. That's seeing ourselves as we really are. Because we can often fool ourselves into thinking things that we're not. John wrote this letter uh, partly to counteract three heresies that were being promoted at the time. Heresies which are still in, in the church and still in our world to some extent. Heresy number one, he was commenting on here was the fact that sin, bad stuff in our lives, it doesn't affect our relationship with God. And that's what some people were saying at the time. Heresy number two was that people are basically good and that we aren't naturally drawn towards sin. We are basically good people, but that's a heresy. Heresy number three, the stuff we do isn't really bad. It's not really sin. It's not that serious. We don't need to worry about it. And those were some of the ideas that were going around at the church. I wonder how many of those thoughts we see in our church today and in the world. Those lies that we can sin and it doesn't affect our relationship with God, that people are basically good, that we don't really need to worry about the bad stuff. It doesn't really matter at all. But those are all wrong. The Bible teaches us that we do have a natural inclination to, to go bad, to do wrong stuff, and that this sin, all this bad stuff, affects our relationship with God. It gets in the way. When we choose our way, our wants, our choices instead of God's, then this has an effect of putting a barrier between us and God. And confession starts with seeing, seeing things as they really are. That's the start of this confession process. Because things creep into our lives slowly and without noticing sometimes bad habits, evil thoughts, laziness, things that shouldn't be there. Sometimes we don't see that deterioration because it's so gradual and the change is so slow. And then suddenly we're confronted with something bigger than we knew. 
this time of year it's like that, isn't it? Suddenly you will find that your lawn really, really needs cutting. Uh, you walked past your lawn every day and, it, and it's been fine. And then suddenly one day, it's just like, oh gosh, that really does need cutting. It's far too long now. When did that happen? You don't see it growing slowly, do you? These things, they creep up on us like that and suddenly they need doing. I've always got this big thing about bananas. You know when you buy bananas, they always buy these ready, ripen at home bananas, they call them, don't they? So you get these bananas and they're sort of green and you want them to be just nice and yellow to eat. So you buy these green bananas um, and you put them on the side and you wait for them to turn nice and ripe and nice and yellow. And I don't know about you, but the bananas in a house go green, 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 black. And uh, there's like half an hour sometime when they were perfectly ripe and ready to eat. But I always miss it. And they go long. It just creeps up on you, doesn't it, like that? The heresies here are easy for us to fall into, are easier for us to let into our lives, bit by bit, slowly. And John counteracts it here in verses 6, 8, and 10. They all begin with the same way. He's looking at these people who are claiming things and saying things. And verses 6, 8, and 10, verse 6, if we claim... If we claim to have fellowship with him and walk in the darkness, we lie and do not live out the truth. That first heresy, that sin and all that bad stuff doesn't affect our relationship with God. It's not true. If we claim to have fellowship with him, yet we're still walking in darkness, we're still holding on to sin, we lie, we're not living out the truth. If we claim, verse 6, if we claim, verse 8, if we claim to be without sin... If we say that we're basically good, if we claim to be without sin, we deceive ourselves and the truth is not in us. Verse 10, if we claim, if we claim we have not sinned, we make him out to be a liar and his word is not in us. These false claims that we can start to think, that we hear people saying around us, they can creep in in our thinking, in our way of life. Don't let this happen to us be on our guard. I remember as a child uh, being on holiday and we went to stay at a lovely hotel down in Exmouth in Devon, a Christian hotel, and uh, me and my sister and young friends were out playing in the grounds. Um, and you know what it's like? It's a summer's day, you're playing and kicking a football around, having fun, hide and seek, and gradually it's getting darker. But because you're out there, your eyes adjust to it and you don't notice And soon it was very dark indeed and my parents called us in and shouted for us to come in from the hotel and we went in. And when we got into the light and looked out, we thought, gosh, it's pitch black out there. How did we not notice that the night had come, that the darkness had taken over? You know, sometimes it's like that in our life, isn't it? That it just gradually goes darker and we don't notice. And confession, it's all about coming back to the light, to live in the light. So don't fall for these claims, verses 6, 8, and 10. Confession starts with seeing, seeing ourselves as God sees us and not as we picture ourselves in our minds. Seeing, saying, having seen the need for forgiveness, the state of our lives, then we need to do something about it. Hence, we have in our services a confession. We started with it today. It's a declaration. 
statement that we have failed to live up to God's perfect standards and an asking to be forgiven. We say that we need God's forgiveness. And that's our response. We remind ourselves. We can do this individually. We can do it collectively as a church. We can ask forgiveness for ourselves on behalf of others, on behalf of our church, on behalf of our country. We ask for forgiveness and God will forgive. We have this assurance. We see, we say, and then God forgives. Verse 9, if we confess our sins, he is faithful and just and will forgive us our sins and purify us from all unrighteousness. That's the promise in Scripture. Many of you know I first came here to this church in the 1980s. Uh, yes, that long ago. And those of you who were here, and there's some people who are here who remember this from the 1980s, um, we had a, uh, a book with our church liturgy in it that we would use for our services. And because it was typed and produced in a hurry, there was a few mistakes, which used to cause me a few giggles when I was a student. And the family service here in the 1980s um, said, quoted this, this verse from 1 John, if we confess our sins, he is faithful and just, and it said, he will forgive us from every kind of wrong. And that was the liturgy that was there. But there was a mistake, and it actually said, he will forgive us from every king of wrong, which I used to think was uh, very funny. But thinking about it, I think that's a really good way of saying it. Because however powerful that sin has got its hold on us, whatever that king is that's taken over, God can wipe it away. God can forgive us. It doesn't matter how big it is, even if it's the king of sins, as that old misprinted liturgy said, it doesn't matter. God can deal with it and he will forgive us. We see where we are in the light of God. We say to God that we're sorry and ask for his forgiveness. See, say, set and stay. Set is the next one because we note that we are set free. When we ask for forgiveness, it says here, God forgives us. Our sins are wiped clean. The amazing news of the gospel. It doesn't matter what, however big that sin is, well, it's the king of sins. Jesus has paid the price. Whatever we've done, we can be forgiven. Verses 1 and 2 there go on. If anyone does sin, we have an advocate with the Father, Jesus Christ. He is the atoning sacrifice for our sins. Not only for ours, but also for the sins of the whole world. Read the Old Testament. We see that the people there had to sacrifice animals. It showed the seriousness of sin, that an animal's life had to be given. This was to point the way to that one perfect sacrifice we have in Jesus, Jesus and his work on the cross. And as we move towards Easter, it reminds us of that amazing message, we can be set free. It doesn't matter who we are, we're included in that whole world bit there in verse 2. We can be forgiven. It doesn't matter what we've done. Jesus has paid the price. So how does this work? Well, becoming Christian, when we become a Christian and we say to God that we want him 
to have his way in our lives. And we say sorry for all that we've done. We get forgiven for all that is past in our life, all of the sins we've committed, all the present sins and all the future sins are all dealt with by the cross of Calvary. Jesus has sorted that out. If this sounds new to you this morning, if this is the first time you've heard this, I assure you this is true, uh, you can have a fresh start. We can be set free. If you'd like to have someone pray with you, explain more, then our ministry team will be available in the side chapel at the end of the service so you too can know God's forgiveness this morning. So why do we ask for forgiveness again? If we've been forgiven everything uh, and our sins are all dealt with, what happens? What's this about? Well, our sin still hinders the work of God in our lives. Our continuing sin puts up a barrier between us and God and spoils that relationship. We need to develop an attitude of repentance, of turning back to God regularly and yielding to his will for us. In our discipleship, as our love for God grows and we see more areas of our life that we need to give to him, areas that need sorting out, it's good practice to go to God regularly, ask him to examine our lives, to confess any wrongdoing that comes to light, and to seek his forgiveness, that there may be nothing between us. See, say, set, be set free. When we confess, we receive forgiveness. That's guaranteed. It's in God's word. But we need to actively receive it and apply it to our lives. Are you living as forgiven people today? Are you living in the light of that forgiveness? Because we need to receive it and apply it to our lives. Uh, my wife Joanne was working hard this week doing one of those surveys that you fill on online. You know those ones that ask you about your shopping and, and uh, who you have for your electricity supply and all those sort of things. And she was promised if she did it, uh, getting an Amazon voucher. And fair play, at the end of it, uh, we got a £10 Amazon voucher. And it comes in from email and it says, congratulations, you've got an Amazon voucher. And then there's a whole load of letters and a code that you have to take and then go to your Amazon account and apply it, and claim it for yourself. You have to act on it and have it credited to your account. Today we're offered forgiveness. We need to claim it, receive it, live in it. Today have we, question, have we had that forgiveness credited to our account? Have we received that forgiveness? Because that's part of all of this, isn't it? We see where we are, we say sorry, we're set free and we need to receive that forgiveness and to live in it from day to day. See, say, set, lastly, stay. Stay clean. Stay clean. Once you've been cleaned, stay cleaned. Uh, many of you have met and know my dog, Caddy. Uh, Caddy is a lovely dog, but she does like to roll in things that are rather smelly. She does like to pick up lots of smelly things on the beach. And every few months, we take her along to the dog groomers, who does a lovely job of shaving off her coat and making her look nice and giving her a full bath and making sure that she comes back sweet-smelling. I don't know what doggy shampoo they use, but it's very nice. Uh, she smells very, very nice and girly when she comes back, and it's nice. After she comes back, I'm very reluctant to take her out. 
uh, because she's so clean and nice and sweet-smelling and, and this perfect clean dog that looks all fluffed up and, and lovely. I think, I, Caddy, I don't want to take you down to the beach because I know you're just going to roll in that seaweed. Uh, Caddy, I don't want to take you up to the woods because it's muddy up there and you're going to go straight for those puddles that I know you like jumping in. And I, I don't want her to get dirty again and it's a bit like that. We're called to receive forgiveness, to be declared clean, but then also to stay clean, to keep working at avoiding sin and the bad stuff in our lives. Because this confession, yes, it's ongoing, and yes, we turn back to God, but there's a part for us to play too of avoiding the sin in the first place, being genuinely repenting of it and actively turning away. Paul in the letter to Romans, Romans 6, deals with this topic. He says, what should we say? Should we go on sinning so that grace may increase? By no means. We are those who've died to sin. How can we live in it any longer? Our old self was crucified with him so that the body ruled by sin might be done away with. And we should no longer be slaves to sin because anyone who's died has been set free from sin. So count yourselves dead to sin but alive to God in Christ Jesus. Do not let sin reign in your mortal body. Do not let sin reign. We are called to stay clean, to keep short accounts with God. Every month I try, uh, I don't always succeed, but I try to clean my car. I get out of the hoover and I take all the mats out, you know what it's like, and clean the, the car and try and make sure it's all nice and clean inside. Because I know if I left it, it would get worse and worse and worse. And then when I got round to cleaning, it would be a huge job uh, that would take me all day to do it. So I try and do it regularly. Every week in church, we start with a prayer of confession and receive forgiveness. It's good to do this regularly, to keep short accounts with God. We can ask daily at home for God to show us areas in our lives that are not up to his standards and confess. And then we live our week in response to that, trying, like Caddy might try, to stay clean at all times, not to fall into temptation, to avoid the sin that we've confessed. So there we are, confession. See, say, set and stay. Where are you on this, I wonder? Where do you need help today? Where do you need God's Holy Spirit to show you what to do? To see. To see ourselves as God sees us. Sinners, but loved by God. Loved by God so much that he sent Jesus to die for us and make that way for forgiveness. To say. To go to God with that act of confession. Declaring our unworthiness, our sinfulness, our selfishness. To ask God for forgiveness that he gives us freely because of what Jesus has done. And to be set, set free to know, experience God's redeeming love for ourselves, to give ourselves completely to him. Maybe for the first time this morning, maybe it's a coming back that we need to do this morning, to be set free. And then to stay, to stay clean, to set out this week with a new determination, to serve God wherever he's placed us. We're going to communion in a moment. It reminds us of what Christ has achieved for us. Maybe use a moment at the altar rail or as you receive the bread to come to God and give him your all. Let's pray.
Heavenly Father, we thank you for your word. We thank you for the challenge. We thank you that we can know forgiveness in you. And we just pray that you will help us this week to live as truly forgiven people who know that we are one with you and to live as people who have turned their backs on sin and seek to serve you with all our hearts. Help us this week to bring glory to your name in all that we do. In the name of Jesus. Amen.